Hello, I'm Arvin Hickman and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. Diversity has been a big issue in advertising in recent years, with some progress being made on gender, ethnicity and people from the LGBTQ community. But if there's one area that has largely been ignored, it's disabled people. One broadcaster that wants to change this is Channel 4. In launching its annual Diversity in Advertising Award, Channel 4 provocatively said, Can you believe we're in a world where we have to offer you a million quid to feature disability in your advertising? Well, here we are. This is the sixth year Channel 4 has run the awards and the second time it is focused on disability. And here's why. One in five Brits are disabled, yet only 4% of UK TV ads feature a disabled character, a percentage that has hardly risen in recent years. More shockingly, only 1% of ads show disabled people in lead roles, which hasn't changed at all since Channel 4 first conducted the research in 2018. Joining the campaign podcast to discuss why Adline has a problem with representing disabled people and what can be done about it are three of the judges at this year's Diversity in Advertising Awards. Ade Adepatan is a TV journalist, presenter and wheelchair basketball player. Stephen Lacey is the founder and managing director of the marketing consultancy The Outsiders, which, among other things, provides diversity research and advice to brands and agencies. And Bobby Carley is the head of media and the diversity and inclusion lead at ISBAL, the industry body for advertisers. Welcome to you all. Hi. Hi. Now, I'm sure our audience will be familiar with Channel 4's award-winning Superhumans campaign. Uh, here's a little soundbite just in case you forgot. Now, Ade, you're a Paralympian, and I'm sure this issue of representation is really close to your heart. How much has representation of disabled people in advertising changed in the past six years since Maltesers won the inaugural Diversity in Advertising Award? It's it's a tough question because um, look, the advertise that the advert was amazing. I watched it again last night. It's really funny. It's cheeky. It's you know what. what it's the sort of thing you'd want with advertising, but in terms of you know percentage or of seeing disabled people on 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 adverts, you know from my personal point of view, I still don't see it. I don't see that representation. You know, I I I, I still have moments when if I do see someone with a disability or, or on an advert, I sit up and I'm like, whoa. Oh yeah, there's 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 one of us on there, you know, and that to me is a sign that it, it's still we're not still doing enough. And I think there's, I mean, the stat shows that 14 million um, people have a disability in the UK. Yet the percentage of um, disabled people who are represented in advertising is is minute. It's minute. So no, the advert was great, and the campaign is incredible but we still haven't seen the changes that we really need. It's a really good point. And, and um, you know, th this was an ad um, by AMV BBDO for Mars. It used humor and sort of depicted an everyday situation with girlfriends meeting up to discuss their love life. And as you said, it really stands out in the memory bank because we just don't see ads like this where a disabled a actor takes a really prominent lead role in an everyday situation. <laughs> so, uh, new boyfriend. 
and we are back at his getting a little uh, first game. Don't <laughs> <Don't> first <laughs> My hands may have been uh, wandering slightly. Mm -hmm. And then I start having a spasm. No. Which he misinterprets. Oh, so awkward. <laughs> he was a good lady. You're so bad, what he said. <laughs> I'd just like to sort of bring Stephen and Bobby into this. I mean, Stephen, you, you advise a lot of brands and, and, you know, and agencies and other people about improving diversity. Just interested to see how many briefs you get across your desk where disability is, is a key part of it. So I'm getting more briefs coming in, I would say, in the last kind of six months. Uh, but in general, I think clients don't think about disability as customers. So they don't think, oh, my customers is 22%. That's my that, that's a, quite a big kind of customer base. You then take their family into account. That goes up to 35%. That's a big kind of customer base. But the briefs I tend to get tend to be very, very about accessibility or uh, actually about a disability kind of need. And I think added points are, are really, really interesting in terms of kind of the, the ads and where we are. If I went into the street and said to the, any general public, what ads do you remember? They'd probably say Maltesers, yeah? That's six years ago. They'd probably say Virgin, because Virgin was a fantastic ad. But beyond that, we don't really see much representation. What we do see sometimes is disabled people as an afterthought. So what will happen is people will do the script, and it's like, oh, my God, we haven't got any disabled people. We just need to have a shot of someone in a wheelchair. And that's about as far as you get. That's quite alarming, isn't it, Bobby? And, and the fact that Stephen points out how memorable that Maltesers ad is, is because it's just not being replicated elsewhere. Why is it, do you think, that brands have not really shifted the dial any further and, and, and do more when it comes to representation? Well, just to, and just to add to Stephen's point, I mean, I, the fact that we are still talking about that Maltesers ad, and um, it was interesting, Mitch Oliver, who's the... Um, uh, marketeer behind that ad was speaking again, was speaking in can about that ad. You know, it's six years old. And I just think that is testimonials to that there hasn't been, um, there hasn't been great content in this space. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. And it does, one, I think what Stephen says is, is that they don't, the very brands have been brands have been very thoughtful on ethnicity and race and looking at their target audience. But I agree, I don't think that they have been looking at disability as their target audience. Yeah. It's in terms of there's two sides to this as well. It's in terms of the content, who's on screen, and then also who are they advertising to, who are they talking to, where are they placing? These adverts are they reaching a diverse um, disabled community? Um, but generally, you know, the conversations that I have with brands is about fear. I mean, that's what we hear time and time again. Is brands worry about getting it wrong? Yeah, and our where we tend to, you know, we, um, you know, we've got a great inclusion network, and the power of it is that the brands support each other, and they've all got their own stories and their own learnings of where they have done it wrong, which helps massively to support other brands. But the, you know, the leading 
point for everybody and all brands share with each other is to talk to the community and talk to the community. And the only way of getting this right is to ensure that you, you have the right people, uh, an inclusive um, group behind the camera, and then you are using experts and the and representative disabled community to support you on the journey from the very beginning. Not putting it out to tech, not you know, and I think the mistake that brands have made in the past is that they put their ads out to test at the very end to diverse um, disabled community. By that point, it's too late. You have to have that advice. You have to have that representation from the very beginning. I think there's two interesting points that have come out here. Um, one, advertisers not seeing um, the dis disability community as customers. Um, and two, fear. And those things I find really confusing. And I don't know why they, the, the, they are an issue. Because ultimately, advertisers have just got to see us as people. Yeah, we may have, I may use a wheelchair or other people might be visually impaired or I have neurodiverse disability, but we're people and we have the same needs as everybody else. So I think if people, if advertisers go from that basis, strip out the disability first and then look at us as people first, right, then go from there. And then when you have, um, and if you want to target specific sections of the disabled community then you ask more questions you know then you, you keep asking questions rather than constantly just thinking dead it's almost like we're we're another species um and it is it's just such a weird thing and i think if advertisers really sat down and thought about it i think they would think wow this is really strange that we are um excluding you know 14 million um, people in, 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 in the UK from our advertising campaigns. It's weird. Yeah, yeah can I just pick you up on that point, um, Ade? If you, if you saw an ad, for example, and it, it probably didn't quite hit the mark, I mean, is, is it, would you be more sort of like appreciative that they've actually made an attempt or would you be offended? Um, it just depends on how badly off the mark they were. You know, I mean, if it was if it was really patronizing and condescending, you know, uh, I don't know an advert selling wigs with someone patting disabled people on the head. I mean, that's an extreme example, but yeah, I would be, I'd be like, oh, 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 hold on. This is, this is crazy. But I don't think people would be that far off. I, 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 I just think, mm. I, I think, First and foremost, in everything, is just have a conversation. And I'm sure you have th these advertising companies have focus groups. You know, you 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 do tests, and you've probably met some people with disabilities as well. Have the conversation, talk to them, ask them. You know, what do you like? What are you interested in? Um, and and then and 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 how would how do you like to be portrayed um and then you work from there mm. yeah i mean it's a really interesting point isn't it Stephen? trying to overcome this fear how do you advise clients in that in that situation so so i think i think quite a lot's been kind of mentioned so so have discussions involve disabled people earlier in the kind of process in the long term start hiring disabled people because i worked in that industry for a number of years i've got a lobster hand which is like a hook 
I've got missing fibula, missing tibia, I'm neurodiverse. And there's, I only know three other people within the industry that have physical disabilities. So straight away, you've kind of got a problem. Then I think just just really look look at, I think one of the interesting things about the Maltesers ad and also the Virgin ad is it connected, yeah? So it's an ad that connected with able-bodied people and with the disability community. So it worked really, really powerful. I mean, that, that Mars ad with the Maltesers ad was the best performing ad that Mars have had in terms of sales for 20 years. Mm, which just shows the power so of it, doesn't it? That just shows the power, the power of it. But still people are kind of scared and people are scared to kind of move forward. They're scared to kind of show disability. I think part of that reason is if you said to people in the ad industry or the marketing community, give me the prototypicality. So if you think of a bird, you, you think you don't think of a penguin, you think of a blackbird. If people said the prototypicality, what is disabled, people will go straight into oh, it's someone that doesn't work, it's someone that needs to be pitied, it's someone that needs to be cared for. So straight away, you, you've got your own kind of biases that come through to that. Then I think, I think the other problem with the industry is, and I'm going I'm to tread this kind of carefully, but in a way, disability hasn't had a moment like Me Too, yeah, or mm. Black Lives Matter. Yeah? So, so it's not, it's not, in, it's not, on, it's not in, in the kind of, psyche of the kind of media and then i think people think about young audiences and what do young audiences because we worship at the altar of, of kind of gen z and people are like well we need to be progressive and what makes a progressive vehicle in terms of communication it be lgbt and ethnicity which which is a fantastic thing but disability always gets kind of forgotten yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Bobby? It's, it sounds a little bit sort of cynical or depressing that we actually need a sort of Me Too type movement or Black Lives Matter type movement for disabled people rather than just doing it because it makes sense. It comes down as well, though, you know, again, what Stephen was saying about the fact that within our industry, disabled people are massively underrepresented. So, um, you know, the All In Census last year showed that only 9% of our industry are disabled and worse than that, 22% felt that they were going to leave the industry um, because they didn't feel that they belonged and felt included in the industry. So we have a we have a lot of work to do internally as well and to make sure that you know we are we are hiring you know we are hiring the right people so that we can make these make these voices heard and we can do better, more inclusive work. Uh, Bobby, I was just going to ask you, you know, is Isbar or any other sort of um, industry body in advertising looking at this issue seriously and, and trying to educate and trying to get more people into the industry? Yeah, so that's where we have collectively working with, well, across the industry with the um, Advertising Association and the IPA, so our sister and brother trade bodies who represent the whole industry looking at actions that that can actually be taken in order to and we've put together and launched a number of actions to help and to guide people into how they can um, include more disabled amongst amongst a range of different categories people Um, yeah and it's one of the reasons why we launched All In Champions, which is asking brands and 
agencies and media owners to show what they are doing in order to get all in championship status is that other is to enable other people to learn from the people who are I suppose in advance doing it better you know are one step further than than the others to show what they've done what they've done how they've got more inclusive teams who are they working with you know and um we've seen some great examples but it is still a minority of the industry and we've got to make it we've got to make it we've got to make it the majority i mean i think it's brilliant that and it's very mindful that channel four are bringing are doing disability games you know it's a very personal decision um and to to say it needs to be you know six years on rather than choose it they could have kept going with different categories to have you know to you know for for different creative but this purposefully um chosen disability again because of this because of the need yeah and it yeah and um you know right it is you know it's something that gets discussed but i it it definitely needs to move up it's it's got to move up um the agenda and uh channel four doing this definitely helps i think so that it kind of bugs me a little bit though um bobby I, in terms of, I think what Channel Four are doing is 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 great. It's incredible, but Channel Four shouldn't be the only ones. It feels to me like it's always comes down to Channel Four having to do this. Um, you know, where where are the other broadcasters with advertising on them? Where where where, where are they in this whole thing? Because it then suddenly becomes like this is Channel Four's thing when it should be everybody's thing, you know? And and, and I, I guess also, I think maybe the discussion should go deeper and the discussion should be about what is society's views? What, what do society really see when they think of the word disability? You know, we, 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 we all tend to have these, uh, or many people in society have these stereotypical ideas of disability and maybe we need to drill into that so we can we can just get it out of the way it's something that it's a conversation that somehow cleverly in in the adverts we need to come out with in uh, basically asking people directly what is disability you know and then blowing it away and saying disability can be all of these different things, not just this one thing that you see. Um, and that way we, we, we can educate people on, on the idea of disability because I think we can make clever adverts showing that disabled people have relationships or showing that disabled people uh, uh, can do all sorts of interesting things. But what it basically comes down to is people's perceptions of the word disabled. And we have to break that down completely. It's a, it's a really good point. The education piece sounds like it's a really important thing. And it's, it, you know, it shouldn't just be about Channel 4. This is a challenge for the wider media industry in general, you know, across print, radio, you name it. Um, it you know, it's, it's, it's a societal challenge that we, need to, that we need to shift the dial on. Stephen, what else do you think the industry can do to help promote this issue and to get more people represented um, in, in advertising? More disabled people. So I think the... I think the main thing is is to is to show more disabled people. I think in in terms of communications and in terms of ads, 
and making them a central part of the kind of story, but without going into different kind of tropes. So, so I think there's two different things. So I think in the media, in the media and in the culture, disabled people always seen as villains. So I've got a hand which is like a hook. So when I was growing up, I was called Captain Hook, and I was called, kind of called Penguin. So I think that's something that that kind of really kind of upsets me. And then I think, I think the way that ad industry often works, and I see it across the kind of diversity space, is they take a stereotype and then they want to try and smash it. So it will be like, for instance, bigger body women are always unhappy, so we're going to show them jumping up with joy. Lesbians are seen as as butch, so we're going to show them as kind of super pretty. When it comes to disability, it's disability is pitted. So what we're going to do is we're going to show them as inspirational, climbing up rocks, jumping up over things, or as kind of superheroes, which kind of works for Paralympics, but beyond that, it doesn't work. Every diverse audience I talk to, including disabled people, say we just want to be normalised and we want to show a three D reflection of who we are. So. With my disability, yeah, I've got disability and I'm neurodiverse, but in in terms of my identity and and my jigsaw as an identity, it's a big piece, but it's not the whole piece. And I think an important thing is to show much more of the jigsaw beyond just the focus of the disability. That's kind of the point you were making before, isn't it, Ajay, about how you just want to be treated as normal people, basically, and and, and not something that needs to be fixed or or, or, or sort of, you know, held up or or, or anything like that. Yeah, it's... It's that whole thing of, um, you know, look at people as people and then, you know, after that, you can get into the discussion about the other things that they need. But, um, you know, as Stephen's saying, yeah, I think what what he's alluding to is for some reason, our disabilities seem to be the overriding factor that everybody um, looks at. You know, that's that's the only thing that's important about um, Addy is the fact that he uses a wheelchair or the fact that he's a Paralympian. Um, it'd be nuts for me to, 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 to say to Bobby, well, the only thing that's important about you is that you're a woman or that you wear glasses. It's so much more complex than that. What, uh, but yet maybe it's just lazy. Maybe it's just laziness. Maybe it's just the easiest way for us to deal with things in society. And we have to try and get ourselves out of that mindset. I think as a disabled person, someone who's grown up with a disability, I, I, I've i never looked at people in that way because it's it, it felt to me that's the way everyone's looked at me and I wouldn't want anyone to look at me in that way. So I've naturally got the mindset to try and look at more than what I see. It's more than what, what we see. And maybe that's what advertising or, or disabled people has to try and, and do is, is go beyond the face or the surface. Try and dig deeper, dig deeper. The deeper you go, the, the more interesting it becomes. You know, generally surface can be boring because we, we, a lot of us wear masks you know, we don't really show who we are um, because we're worried about being judged. Mm. What, what difference does representation of disabled people in ads makes makes to you, Eddie? When you, when you, you know, I, know, I know there aren't many examples here, but when you see a really great piece of work with, with let's say, a lead um, character who's got a disability, how, how does that make you feel? I think it's it's overjoyed. I, t- I tell you what, the best way for me to put this, when I was growing up, 
I did not see any sort of representation of myself in any form in, in the media. I didn't see many black people on TV. I didn't. I certainly didn't see any disabled people on TV. Um, and I didn't see any black disabled people on TV. So I just felt like I was excluded from society. Um, now, he's very different from me, but I didn't realise when I was growing up, I'm of a certain age, that Ian Jury had a disability. And I remember seeing him on, on Top of the Pops and performing and seeing he was a rock star. And when I found out he had polio um, and that he had the same disability as me, I actually cried. I cried. It was so emotional. I was like, wow, there's someone like me. There's someone who's gone through the struggles that I've gone through and, and, and he's made it. He's up there. He's a rock star. People are looking at him for more than just his disability. And even now it makes me feel emotional because of all the struggles that I went through mentally as a kid growing up, not feeling that I was part of society and feeling that I had to, I used to, I used to pray every morning that God would heal me so I could walk. You know what I mean? These are the things that happen when you, when you're, when you're, you have a disability and you're young and you haven't got that knowledge and you don't feel you're included in society. It affects you on so many levels. It's so important. It's way more important than just, you know, an ad campaign. It's something that is going to change society in such a huge way if we get this right it's a, it's a really touching story and, and I'm, I'm glad and thank you for sharing it um Stephen, I'd, I'd like to ask you the same question as well when you see people you know with, with disabilities represented in advertising what does that mean to you and how powerful can it be so it means a lot and and it, when it's done well it means a lot and it's, a, it's it's for me it's a game changer and it makes me feel accepted so i'll give you an example growing up i'm kind of in, in my kind of late 40s when I was kind of dating, people wouldn't date me because I had a disability. I'd go on dating sites. I'd be like, do I declare my disability or not? Sometimes might not de declare it. Someone would go, go for a meal and the person would walk out after, after, the, after the starter. Dated someone, um, went out a while. We're going, we're just going to get engaged. We're going to get kind of married. And the grandmother said, if you have a child, it will be a kind of monster. So... When I saw that Virgin ad, which which is about dating, that was great because that was a disabled person dating someone who's able-bodied, and it doesn't matter who you date, but it was just it was such a powerful reference, and it's like this is what we need to change kind of society. And then I think on the other side with the invisible kind of disabilities, I'm neurodiverse, and my physical disability you can see, my dyslexia you can't see. But it's always made me feel really, really stupid. So, so I've always kind of, kind of been kind of underconfident. And even when I've worked in the best ad industries or when I work, worked with clients, I've felt very, very stupid. So anything that can kind of address some of these kind of social barriers without putting it into, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of amazing superhero, for me, is really, really kind of powerful and a game changer. It's another very touching and powerful story, Stephen. Thank, thank you for sharing that. Uh, just like to let our listeners know that I'll be sharing uh, links to some of these ads that are mentioned in the podcast notes. Bobby, I just wanted to ask you, I mean, when I hear what Stephen and Ade are saying about how much it means to them, I mean, there's a huge opportunity here for brands, isn't there really? There is, and it's, it's 
you know, and it's that emotional, exactly what Stephen and Abby are saying. We know that emotional connections are what works in brand advertising. I mean, frankly, we are not seeing great advertising full stop at the moment. And, and it's, you know, and, and, uh, we're not seeing engaging advertising and the examples, you know, that these guys are giving. So it says it all. You've got to, advertising needs, needs to touch people, needs to make them, make, make them feel something personal. Yeah. And there is a, you know, we've said 22% of the population there waiting to be connected to. And, you know, that's it for advertisers who are doing this, uh, you know, sort of for commercial reasons. That's a big pot of audience that they can, that they can reach in an emotive way if, you know, if they do it, if they do it right. I mean, it goes well, while you guys are talking, you know, I was thinking, you know, the whole process though, when, um, of, you know, when, when brands are going, to talent agencies, you know, and asking, you know, we need, we need, you know, whatever, a 40 year old, a 40 year old woman or whatever it is, you know, they shouldn't need to be saying, no, we need a 40 year old disabled woman. They should be saying, we need, we need a 40 year old woman and a cast of people, whatever they, whatever they are, whoever they are, should be put forward. I know we have, and I know it's needed at the moment, there are different talent agencies representing disabled people, and we need that, we need that at the moment. Um, but, you know, ideally, you know, you want people, you want people to be cast, you want, you want, um, you know, people seeing the ads, the more people see themselves represented in ads, the more people will actually see there's an opportunity for them also in this industry and be, and to be part of the story. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy when you think about, you know, 22% of the, the UK population, if you're, if you're not representing them, I mean, that, that's massive, isn't it, really? I just wanted to ask you, as judges of this year's uh, Diversity in Advertising Awards, what is it you're hoping to find in the entries? Let's start off with you, Stephen. There's a, I think there's a number of things. I want, as, as kind of Bobby talked about, I want to see something that really touches and really works on an emotional kind of level. Something that disabled people feel that kind of represents me. I'd like to see something that challenges a stereotype and breaks down that stereotype in the way that Maltesers did talking about sex or Virgin did talking about that kind of relationships. Um, so so there's some of the big things. I think normalisation, so not, not showing these, these kind of superheroes or this kind of ex- extension or amazing kind of disabled people. So that's some of the things I, I would really like to see. Okay, Adi, what are you looking for in this year's entries? I think um, Stephen hit the nail on the head, you know, it is about breaking down the stereotypes. And, you know, we talked about it as well. I, 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 and you never really think of adverts in that way, but the best adverts are the ones that connect with you emotionally. Um, you know, everyone loves the, the or, or people talk about the John Lewis advert because it makes everyone cry at Christmas. You know, it's so it's those adverts that you, you sometimes you can't even 
put your finger on it, what it is about it um, that, that, that does it. But you know, you take away from it something really special. And also I think humor's really important as well. Um, you know, I think that was the thing about that Malteser ad is it was funny. It was absolutely funny. And people don't necessarily associate um, humor with disability. Um, and, and we make jokes about ourselves all the time. Humans make jokes about every part of ourselves all the time, as long as it's done in the right way. So, yeah, I want to see something that's emotional, something that connects um, and something that makes me laugh. Fantastic. Bobby, I'll give you the final word on this one. What are you looking for? I, I just I pick up on Addy's point on humour. Adverts are supposed to be entertaining as well as delivering a message. So I, I always pick up on that part. But what I would also, I'd like to see a broader range of brands enter. You know, we, we know that the big brands have budgets, you know, and it's brilliant. We see the Mars, we see Lloyds, we see them doing, and we see them doing great work and they can continue to do so. Um, Channel 4 are offering all this free airtime, all this support. It would be great to see brands who actually don't have the budget to actually do it to to make creative without the support that we can actually feel that we're actually driving some businesses and helping some businesses to come forward and to work in this space and create TV adverts who wouldn't normally be doing it. Fantastic. Well, this year's Diversity and Advertising Awards are open for entries until August the 24th. Uh, the winner will receive £1 million worth of free airtime, which will also include Channel 4's YouTube channel for the first time, and an additional £100,000 in bespoke social media campaign work produced by 4Studio. You can find out more by visiting diversityinadvertising.co.uk. Ade, Stephen and Bobby, thank you so much for joining the campaign podcast and good luck judging hopefully there will be plenty of outstanding work and it might drive some meaningful change well that's all we have time for today the campaign podcast is produced by aiden lines from rethink audio if you'd like to get up to speed with the diversity in advertising awards and everything else that goes on in adland please visit campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership and join us today and also do remember to subscribe to the campaign podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, leave a lovely review. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, on behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. Hold up. 